As every school-aged wizard knows, the fact that we fly on broomsticks is probably the, our worst kept secret. No Mongol illustration of a witch is complete without a broom and however ludicrous these drawings are, for none of the broomsticks depicted by Mongols would stay up for, in the air for a moment. They remind us that we were careless for far too many centuries to be surprised that broomsticks are, and magic are inexplicably linked in the Mongol mind. Those are the words of Kenilworthy Wisp in Quidditch Through the Ages. Welcome back to the 10th episode of, of Muggles and Mudbloods with me, Callie Wickman, and Mona Musa, who Hi. is wrapped up in a Harry Potter blanket, it looks like. Uh-huh. It's one of my softest and warmest blankets. It's cold for some reason. Don't judge. I'm not made for this weather. This episode, we're talking about chapter 10 of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, which is a massive chapter of lots of things, as far as I'm concerned, because I'm summarizing this chapter. It feels huge. <laughs> and it is the chapter about Halloween. Yeah. This is Halloween. Do, 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 do. I don't know the song, but yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, stop, yeah. stop. <laughs> this is a Harry Potter podcast. We can leave the Burt Knights to their Burton movies and shit themselves. We don't need to interfere with that, I don't think. I think we're fairly good with our content. So, are we ready with the time, Ramona? Yep, 30 seconds are on. One, two, three. Harry and Ron go down to the school, the auditorium, and they eat breakfast. They get a package that looks like a broom, which is really a bad idea because, you know, obviously McGonagall is trying to tell Snape that she's doing this. They go back to the room, they open the packages of Simmers 2000, Harry goes and practices with Oliver Wood. They do their charms lesson, they, they levitate, Leviosa, blah, blah, blah. Um, they piss off Hermione, they have dinner, Hermione, the troll comes and they save Hermione from the troll, and now they're friends. Ta da! <laughs> 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 you, you missed out on some, some important few stuff, but it's okay. As long as they're friends at the end, it's acceptable. I missed out on a lot. This uh-huh. is like I said, See, a huge chapter, and I thought I'd like try to get like the, you know, important events in. It's a C minus for me, unfortunately. It's, it's a chapter that has like a lot of the content. Yeah. Of the chapter that actually made it into the movie. I, I can't say anything because I haven't watched the movie in such a long time. But like, the the first flying scene, the broom showing mm. up, um, Leviosa. Harry and Ron talking with Hermione and Hermione getting upset, them having dinner, the troll coming, them going to save Hermione. That's all in the movie, mm-hmm. which is fairly unique. It's usually not something that happens with a chapter like the, the entire thing makes it in. Well, that's a first, at least, Woo-hoo. for the movies and the books. Oh, yes. So what are some things that stood out to you in this chapter that we should discuss before we go into our subject for this episode, which is sports, games, and clubs in the wizarding world and the muggle overlap there. Okay, I've, I've, got, I've got two things. First thing, um, one of Harry's teachers 
he was actually proud and and he knows what harry's doing that he's joining the quidditch team because of mcgonagall she told him i don't remember the teacher's name but uh yeah it happened at the at the start when they were walking back to their common room i believe it was flitwick but yes yeah i'm horrible with names as you know but yeah that that was cool like you know some teachers are, are supporting harry and you know they're rooting for him because he's a good seeker I'd like yeah. to believe. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm getting my terms right. Yes. And second of all, Oliver Wood didn't know what basketball is. No, he did not. Like. <laughs> but he did have golf balls, so it's a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, if, if like, if wizards and, and witches lived in the muggle world, they would know what basketball is. Yeah, they're, they're, the hoops are fairly um, obvious, and they'd definitely ask questions because, you know, it's, it's like Quidditch. Like, what's happening here? Yeah. A couple of things that stood out for me is that, number one, why is McGonagall sending Harry a broom by mail so it lands at, like, breakfast first thing in the morning? I'm, I'm assuming she ordered it from the store, and the store delivered it to Harry. Yeah. That I would make sense. One, she would want, like, they might deliver it to her. She did order it. Yeah. Or because she wants to keep it secret, they would also deliver it to her because, you know, it's easier to keep secret that way. I don't think she wants this as a secret. She wants it to be a secret for the most, most of the school, but this is a message to Severus Snape. Oh! Another it's point from McGonagall. massive fuck you to Snape saying, <laughs> look what I'm doing. You can see this coming in because the teacher's having this up like bird's eye view, like they have up looking down like, mm. on students. He can see this broom arriving. He knows what's happening. <laughs> McGonagall is out for him. <laughs> I, I I think like Snape's Snape he knew beforehand. Like McGonagall had told him slightly like she in a cheeky way or um you know kind of hinted to him or something. I think yeah, she, maybe, she would have rubbed maybe. it. She would have rubbed it in his face. I'd like to believe so. Oh God, yeah, she would definitely rub it in his face. So, mm-hmm. couple things. Number one, Flitwick is standing on a pile of books. Get the man a stool. Okay, I I, I need to Google Flitwick. Just he's the short I can't one. Remember, he's the short is one. Is he? Yeah. Um, there 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 are like a lot of short people in yeah. Harry Potter. So, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, he's awesome. And the other one is that when Quirrell runs in to warn about the troll, his turban is askew, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine if his turban had fallen off then. <laughs> and it's like, we're like, wait a second, what's that in the back of your head? Well, um, it's Voldemort in the back of your head, Quirrell? Like, Little did they know. And the movie ends there because, like, Dumbledore <laughs> catches Quirrell and Voldemort, like, in a in October, and just like, okay, I'm just going to throw you both in Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Done. <laughs> End of series. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've, I've got another wholesome moment from the chapters. Oh, God. Um, Harry, Harry felt like he was at home for the first time after mm-hmm. a few months. Like, he felt like Hogwarts was more of his home than um, back in... England, whatever he lived, but you know that that made me like, oh, good for him, kind of, kind of feeling, and I love that. Like he's finally starting to settle down. 
have his own life together as a wizard, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a very good point. Today, we are discussing magical sports and games. And of course, the fact that Wizarding World doesn't really have the, the same interaction with, with muggle sports that they maybe should. They do have mm-hmm. some similar sports, though. And we're going to go into that. We're going to start off with a few things that you know we know about in the books. And then we're going to go into the, the broom-based sports, okay? Mm-hmm. You got it. So no, not Quidditch first, you guys. We'll get to that later and the massive issues there. But so we have we have wizarding chess, we have wizarding checkers, we have exploding snap. We also have a board game. It's basically a the board game of Quidditch. You play a Quidditch board game, and I don't know how it would work, but it's it's a pretty cool idea, and I definitely definitely want to try it out if I could. But how would that work? Like Quidditch on a board game? No idea. But how would Quidditch work? The rules are fucked up. So you know what? Yeah. How would that work is a bad question for Harry Potter. Yeah. With with all the balls and the little golden flickery thing, I'm imitating it right now. Um, How would that work in a board game? Yeah. We, you know, like turn the card over to check if the snitch is there. It's not or it is, and then you have to like do like a thing to catch it. Okay, let's not go into the discussion of how or how not to play a Quidditch board game, mm-hmm. but I am sure somebody will design a Quidditch game app. And oh if God. you do, please send me the link because I want to play that too. We, we, we do know someone that we can ask though. Jan. <laughs> Jan, if you're listening, please make us a Harry Potter Quidditch board game app. We will love you for it. Yes. We don't love you yet. Oh. So you have to work with us, okay? Oh, Ooh. That's, that's if he's listening. But anyways, I, ha- I had a question. Like, you know how you said wizarding chess and wizarding whatever? Why do you have to say wizarding that? Can't it be just, oh, I'm playing checkers or I'm playing chess or something? Yeah. Or is a, it like... It's a bit of a weird thing. They do say that, but... It is, there is a significant difference between wizard chess and muggle chess because muggle chess, the um, pieces obviously don't move and they don't think for themselves. So I think there's a significant aspect of Harry Potter or the wizarding chess that is both the interaction between you and your pieces and the skill of the player and the pieces, okay? Because Wait, so the pieces are alive? The pieces are animate. Yeah, they are alive. Oh. Or oh. not alive, alive, but they, they are somewhat self-aware of the mm. roles and of previous strategies that have worked and haven't worked. So we, we remember in the Harry Potter, first Harry Potter book, I believe it is, where he has an issue with playing Ron during Christmas break, where he can't convince pieces to make certain moves because they know they're going to die. Oh, oh, yeah. So why would they do that? Because it's like, I have no loyalty to you. <laughs> so the thing is, like, it's kind of like every wizard has their own pieces, their own mm. wizard chess pieces, and then they, you know, play mismatched um, kind of games. Oh, now I'm intrigued. New theory about wizard chess. <laughs> Welcome to Muggles and Mudbloods, where we go into the weird shit and absolutely no 
no restraint for what kind of details we go, want to go into. Um, so as other um, broom-based sports and stuff, we have, of course, the dueling. We have things like that. We have one sport called, oh, my God, and why do these words have to be so hard? Eingingain. Eingingain. It's from Ireland. So if anybody from Ireland can help me pronounce that correctly, that'd be great. You take a goat's bladder or a dom and you fly through a series of burning barrels on stilts. So let's say elongated uh, Quidditch goals that are smaller and burning on a broomstick. Then you throw it to the final barrel. The winner of the player is the winner is the player who completes the task in the fastest time without catching on fire. Um, what kind of game is this? This is a speed game. You race. Yeah, but really like pieces of goats or a, a dung and fire, really? Can they just play a game of tag or yeah. duck duck goose? They have, they also, also have a broom race in Sweden. <laughs> Are you which, serious? Yeah. Um, and Sweden is a country known for its races. We do have the Vasa Loppet in Sweden, which is one of the world's oldest um, skiing competitions dating back to the King Gustav Vasa that is the Landsfaden, the, the father of Sweden. Um, mm -hmm. One really think, interesting thing here is that it's, it makes no sense to me that this, is, this would be something you'd do because it'd just come down to the kind of broom they're using. Mm -hmm. be, it must be a traditional event because brooms in the past did have an issue where they would only go up, down, and forward. And the, the cushioning charm, the cushioning charm for brooms was invented, and this is very important, 1820. Before that, brooms were extremely uncomfortable. I can imagine. Also, I've thought I've thought about this a million times. Like, you know, you know, like with bikes with bikes, it's kind of uncomfortable for guys to ride a bike for a long time. How would that be on a broom? Yeah, that's why they had why broomsticks became much more popular as a form of transport in 1820 due to the invention of the Cushing Charm by Elliot Smithwick, uh -huh. who is a hero in the Wizarding World. Um, so, you know, you'd had, this also, you know, would allow for more design and styling and craftsmanship mm. in the brooms, such as the Oak Shaft 79, the Moon Trimmer, and of course the Silver Arrow, which are all mm. different brooms. Um, and then in 1926, we had the, the entrance of the Clean Sweep Company and high performance racing brooms. Mm -hmm. And now oh, we know I more know. than we need to know about brooms <laughs> and their function. And that's what I was about to say. It's an interesting bit of um, trivia. And of course, we have the, the, most, the most powerful broom now was, that we know about is the one that was in use in the 2014 Quidditch World Cup, and that is the Thunderbolt 7. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it is the it is the broom that outpaced the Firebolt Supreme, which is probably the worst name for a broom ever. The Firebolt Supreme. It sounds like a pizza, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Firebolt Supreme. It has um, meatballs marinated in, in Fireball. No, 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 no. 
No, you don't. You, you can't mix in alcohol and pizza. You'd have jalapenos or habaneros. Oh, hilarious that was hilarious Tommy. like i'm laughing my ass off right now you can see me laughing my ass off right now yeah yeah that's it with a straight face anyway we also <laughs> have a few other sports as well we have things like quad pot which is the the american version of quidditch because of course you have to have your own thing don't you bloody americans very irritating wait so is that an like a human in real life game based on Quidditch or no a quad pot is a sport invented in the 18th century by Abraham Peasgood and is the most popular wizarding pastime in the United States he was no English um English wizard and he had a quaffle mm -hmm. in his trunk but he did not actually create a Quidditch like sport he created quad pot but we can go in that, into that in a different episode. We are going to hopefully be making in the coming weeks an episode featuring Quidditch as a single subject, talking about the rules, the history, and the immense and incredible background of the Quidditch sport. And of course, the longest game ever recorded. Um, yeah, apparently we'll like three months. Yeah. And people had to take shifts playing so they can sleep yeah and the insane amount of different fouls you can make in quidditch which is a massive list there as well <laughs> but i think we're going to round off here for this chapter we're going to be back next week with harry potter and the philosopher's stones chapter 11. mona do you have a name for that chapter it's quidditch yeah because Time we didn't get into that already but we'll be back again with more Quidditch and other things next week. Before we leave you, though, I want to make a quick correction from last week's episode. Witches and wizards generally do not fly with invisibility cloaks. They fly using the disillusionment charm, which is, although not perfect, provides the wearer of the charm with a shimmering kind of complexion which can be mistaken for a trick of the light or just a mistake in your sight should you be a muggle looking up and seeing a witch or wizard fly my assumption therefore is that draco malfoy would be flying without this charm because he is a spoiled brat or just a kid that can't actually do magic yet which he can't and with that have a great weekend, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.